Today on The Daily Charge, self-driving delivery bots coming to a campus near you, pop a red pill because we're going back into the matrix, and lo and behold, it's time to sign up for your Apple Card. Good morning and welcome to CNET's Daily Charge. It's Wednesday, August 21st. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. I'm Aya Zaktar. I'm Roger Chang. Thanks, I'm Ben. I'm so sorry. Let's get to today's main story. Okay, the new Apple Card is now available from nationwide. After the invite-only launch earlier this month, Apple is now taking applications for its new credit card from any U.S. customers. The most notable new feature of the card is that it's meant to live in the digital world, allowing people to pay using their phones online and at physical stores. There's also a fancy-looking titanium card, but you get less cash back when using it. All right. Not the easiest start for me, but let's talk about the <laughs> Apple Card. Yeah, it's yeah. not from Nationwide, the insurance company. It's available nationwide. It's definitely available, it is available nationwide. nationwide. And sorry about your uh, intro. Hey, but it's anyway, okay. I know you got this card. I, I did get this card. Uh, I, after making fun of it, I, I got the card immediately, actually. Why'd you do that? I was looking to buy a Mac, and it's an expensive purchase. Um, Obviously, uh, the, one of the key features is 3% cash back on Apple purchases. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little bit of a kickback there when I when I purchased my Mac. So, you know, over $1,000. So, you, you know, you're looking at a decent chunk of change. Yeah, not bad. What are, what are your thoughts here? You I know, mean, like, we're both Android users. Right, so so that's, that's the problem for us is that right. it's not really, like, it's great for an iPhone user. And I kind of feel like this is another way for... Apple to uh, get people into their ecosystem even more. However, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. with with Android, uh, there's not really a way to use it. Yeah, as long as you have an iOS device, you can activate the card, see your card, and maybe take that card information because there's no card number printed on the actual card, and maybe put that into Google Pay. But then even if you get all that working, you only get 1% back because essentially you're just using the titanium card yeah. using your phone. So the advantage of doing it is really, really minor it's actually probably a detriment. You might as well stick with an iPhone or your Apple Watch to make those kinds of payments. Yeah, or, or just not get the it. card. If you're, I feel like if you're an Android user, this is not for you, right? This is definitely for someone who lives in the, the, the Apple ecosystem who's sort of bought all in. Now, I mean, I said I just signed up for this card. I don't plan on using it as like my daily card at mm-hmm. all. This is really for kind of one-off purchases. The 3% cash back on Uber rides, which they just announced. Was, and Uber Eats, yeah. And Uber Eats is, is a nice benefit. Um, so I could see myself using it sparingly, but I also know that if I become dependent, if this becomes my daily card, I'm further locked into mm-hmm. the the Apple ecosystem. I have an Android phone too, so it's Using like using both, like I'm cognizant that I don't want to keep getting myself further locked in. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing. They want to make it really heavily tied to the wallet app, yep. uh, and that's that's basically how you use it. One of the other dimensions that's interesting about this card is that there are a lot of budgeting features. Mm. Uh, not only do they have uh, no late fees, no international fees, no annual fee, but also if you open up uh, the wallet app, I don't know if you've had much time to look at this, they encourage people to actually pay more, so they pay less in interest per month. Yeah, And uh, yeah. They, they also have like what your weekly spending is, which if you want to know like how much you spend on Starbucks or how much you spend on gas, those are a couple elements there that they seem to do a pretty good job with. And you know, do, do you think that you might I'd end up using that kind of thing. Uh, not so much. Like I said, I don't think I'm going to use this regularly. But if I were to use it, those tools are super handy. Like, uh, you know, I've got other apps like Mint to kind of mm-hmm. uh, where I do kind of look at how my spending pattern changes over time. But uh, credit card companies generally don't have those tools at their fingertips. Or they're so, like, harder to find. Or they're harder to find. So like having this stuff kind of be upfront on your phone. 
uh, is is really beneficial for post, most people. You yeah. can see how people could get freaked out about giving their login information about their credit cards to Intuit for Mint or Clarity yeah. or yep. these other kinds yep. of third-party ones. If it's your actual credit card company giving these tools in a nice visual way, I mean, I'm sure Apple's got this great way of doing it. I've seen it on their website. It's very, very visual, big dials and stuff. Yep. It's almost like Apple Health, but for finances. It's really simple to see. And there are a lot of other tools that do that. And you were, Ben, you were telling me other credit card companies have been kind of doing this. But- yeah. I use, I use Chase, and mm-hmm. Chase does have certain budgeting tools or like they show you what your spending is. They've been trying to lean into that a little mm-hmm. bit more, mm-hmm. but it's not nearly as upfront and it's obviously not as like graphically exciting as Apple has been trying to do. So that, that has been interesting, but I'm certainly curious to see what Apple ends up doing with this. Uh, they've teamed up with Goldman and MasterCard with it, so we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, anyway, hap- happening elsewhere in the news today, the San Francisco startup Starship Technologies is planning on bringing self-driving delivery robots to 100 campuses, mostly in the U.S., in the next two years. The company says its squat six-wheeled bots will deliver breakfast, late-night snacks, and groceries for the low, low price of $1.99 per delivery. I wish this existed when I was in college. I mean, like, yeah, this sounds pretty awesome. The lazy part of me does, too, but also the paranoid part of me, like, I just look at Black Mirror's Metalhead episode. This is how it begins. Harmless delivery drones that evolve into killer machines. That's a that's a quite a leap. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, first, I know. Is, you got to get your 3D tracking right. This thing tops out, I think, at four miles an hour. So, <laughs> that's right. So, Roger. This is generation one, all right? You, just you, wait till generation 10 shows if, up. If you can't run a four, four mile an hour angry bot, we got a problem. I'm out of shape. I'm really out of shape. Also, okay? it weighs 50 pounds. You can just tip it over. Uh, that's true. So that's kind of important. And also inside will be like a delicious burrito. So how could you run from this machine? <laughs> I think it's actually an interesting idea because one of the big pushes about these robots is that if it's a delivery person, they don't have to like park a car. This yeah. thing can yeah. just keep going from yeah, place yeah, to yeah. place. And I think that it's showing up on campuses is a great idea instead of it being just generally in the public because people are like, what's going on there? But at your university, there's a good chance everyone will know that's a delivery robot. Don't screw with that thing. And they're also hiring students to maintain the robots. Yes, which is oh, even okay. more interesting. So now okay. you have a now you have a so you're stake actually in your stake. a job creator. Right, yeah, right, exactly. So I mean, although wouldn't this be? I feel like if I'm like like a frat frat bros or something would go and like destroy one of these things. As a that's going to happen. Yeah, just pretty much like a, interesting. You mentioned that a campus golf cart. So I talked to the CEO for the story I wrote about this, and he mentioned that even though these are only fifty pounds in general. They haven't been stolen. They haven't been messed with. And it's partly because they do have alarms and security built in. The team is monitoring it. it. So they will warn people, like, if they're intentionally getting in the robot's way to kind of try to figure out what's going on with them, they'll, you know, give them certain alerts and say, like, get out of my way. And then an alarm will sound if it realizes that you're really messing with it I imagine it's not going to be long before, like, it's spray painted with something, right? Sure. Yes. Um, but it's interesting that we mention the robots taking over because finally <laughs> Neo is back. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss plan to reprise their roles in the Matrix movie series, which, by the way, it's 20 years after the first Matrix arrived. That is insane. I feel I, so old. Yes. First of all, we're so old. Second of all, no movies die anymore. Yeah. And third oh, of all, yeah. I don't like didn't neo die the first time like why are they doing i mean that? this is the matrix like he could be rebooted or resurrected i mean it'd be pretty easy plot wise right the universe allowed itself to be fairly flexible right the, the software software can be re- sure they already said that what the matrix was rebooted six times in the second movie so i think we're at seven now or whatever yeah it is. yeah yeah so they've done that before i remember watching the, the last two ones and realizing what well, 
I've wasted my four hours of my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah those last two were so just bad. I'm curious terrible. if, I mean, I think The Matrix has enough of a brand name that people are like, oh, yeah, I know this. This is good. And they forgot the other two. And it's also I mean, been years. I mean, the original was amazing. Okay. And if they, can, if they can, like, rekindle the magic from the original, that is totally worth it. But it, definitely a high risk that it's going to be more like the latter two. And one of the other issues with The Matrix in general is that it was so copied and parodied and done to death in commercials, yeah. all the stuff that made it just... Just jaw dropping. Yeah. I mean, the bullet time thing that became a cliche after right. a while, right? So, so there would have to be some new camera tricks, kinds of things like that. More, I mean, better fight choreography. That was another thing that was really cool about the Matrix yep. at the time because that's really taken off. I mean, in general. So to make it stand out, apart from it being green tinted, there Ooh. has to be something else. <laughs> well, there's also some other movie news that came out yesterday, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not as well versed so on this. So the uh, Sp- uh, Spider-Man is now sort of a, he's been orphaned out of the MCU. The there was a there was a disagreement between Sony and Disney mm-hmm. and now Sony, which owns the rights to Spider-Man, had sort of lent it out to to Disney to, mm-hmm. for use in the MCU and because they I guess couldn't come to a new new terms of agreement, they're they're pulling Spider-Man out of the MCU. Sony's going to do its own thing. There's a lot. There's a there's a lot up in the air with this. We're not really sure what's going to happen. Supposedly, Tom Holland is uh, still attached. Still attached, and presumably, Sony's working on two more Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Um, there was supposed to be a third one. This last one, Spider-Man: Far From Home, by the way, uh, kind of left with like huge cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. One for the MCU and one for Peter Parker himself. And now, like a lot of fans are wondering if any of that stuff gets resolved. Yeah, I mean, when Spider-Man got into the MCU, it was a great thing. It was just like, okay, finally there's another shot. And the thing is, Sony has come out with at least one great Spider-Man movie in the past couple of years uh, into the multiverse. Spider-Verse, that is, excuse me. Yes. And that was a really well-made film, but I don't think that had the same amount of corporate, like, People messing with stuff. Yeah, Spider-Man totally. is you, you could really tell valuable. that was a lot more hands off from Sony, yeah, right? It, like, it was the Lord and uh, Philip Lord and yes, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, clearly, I mean, there was a lot of creativity and uh, there's a lot of freedom that went into that, but that also wasn't like meant as like a franchise tentpole. It right? wasn't supposed to be a hit, right? And that's why it did okay. And then you right. saw Venom. That was supposed to be a hit. It was. But that's a man. terrible movie. It's a, I don't even remember. I that fell one. asleep like four times watching that movie. That one was a Sony movie, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. four times. Yeah. But here's Why the other not? thing: Spider-Man: Far From Home is now the number one uh, grossing movie for Sony of ever. All time. Yep. Displacing Skyfall, and the weird thing of them going, "No, we're not going to include you again, Marvel, since you actually made this work." Because we tried Spider-Man twice. Actually, we had with with uh, Tobey Maguire. Good, good. Eh. Then there was right. Garfield. Man. Yikes! Hey, Marvel, take it back. And they fixed it. So I think Sony will be operating off of the goodwill of the Marvel version of Spider-Man right. for a while, especially if Tom Holland is reprising the yeah, role. Yeah. Assuming this doesn't get worked out, which it still could, because the next movie isn't even, I don't know if it's in development, as in like they're, they're I mean, filming it wasn't, yet. I mean, it wasn't going to be a phase four movie, so right. there was definitely going to be time. Um, I think from what I understand from the various reports that have come out, you know, Disney was asking for a much bigger cut of the revenue mm-hmm. than Sony was looking for, and so they were fifty fifty instead of like fifty fifty as opposed to yeah ninety five five. That's a pretty big difference. So, yeah, imagine some of this is probably some some bargaining, some posturing. There, like you said, there's plenty of time for them to actually get back together. Yeah, but people awesome. are freaking out. They're freaking out. We'll we'll see what happens for the Daily Charge. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. I'm Aya Zaktar. I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for watching. Thanks for waiting for me.